Welcome to the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing Podcast. My name is Dr. Andrew Trasilla from NHS Somerset, and I'm joined by my colleague and friend, Dr. Peter Bagshaw, GP and mental health lead at NHS Somerset. And we're really pleased to welcome two guests uh, today, uh, Mark Stedman and our own producer, David Seeley. And our topic is podcasting for health. Welcome, Mark. Welcome, David. Thank you very much. It's uh, an honour and a pleasure to be here. <laughs> Thank you. Mark, we'd, we'd like you to tell us a bit about yourself first, but before you do, could we just say thank you very much indeed, because these podcasts, the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing podcast, could not have happened without you, because you were our stalwart uh, uh, engineer and producer, producer, secondary to David producing, for the first 20, 30, David, 40? Well, no, what, no, no, Mark, what Mark did was he gave us free hosting on Podient for the first year of their uh, podcast. So the first sort of 30 or so episodes were uh, very generously uh, had the fee for the hosting costs that we would have had to pay waived by Mark. And also, uh, I should say that Podient, which... Uh, has been subsumed in bought, which I'm sure you'll touch into on in a minute, maybe, Mark, uh, was a brilliant, brilliant platform that you created yourself, Mark. So again, thank you so much for your generosity in, in allowing us to do that, because without you, I don't think we could have found the, the money we needed to, to get going. So yeah, with that got us off the ground. That's, that's great. So David, you've just had the, the, the mic for a moment. Just tell us who, just tell our listeners who you are, if you would, please, and then we'll focus on Mark. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, so uh, David Seeley, I'm the uh, Commissioner Manager for Adult Mental Health Adventure Services for uh, Somerset, NHS Somerset. We've just changed. I've got to make sure I get that right. And I'm also the yeah, creator slash uh, producer uh, of the podcast, as, as you well know. Uh, so yeah, if you listen right the way to the end of the credits, you might hear my name on, on the episodes. <laughs> but I'm usually here lurking in the background. And uh, yeah, Mark, over to you. Wow. Uh, thank you. Um, so... I so that when um David and I met virtually it was in 2020 um when everybody had been told to to stay indoors and um I was running a media hosting company called Podient as as David mentioned which provided hosting so when you have a podcast those files have to live somewhere so uh, unlike something like YouTube where you take a video and you upload it to YouTube and it just lives there um and it's it's sort of only consumed there. Podcasting works slightly differently, so you you can pick any one of any different places to to put your media files. And I provided one of those spaces. And I think David got in touch with me, uh, and and we had a conversation. And um, I'm always keen to look at ways that I can help, basically, um, and 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 be of use and be of service. And it felt like um, this was such an important project at such an important time that um i i felt like i could step up and and, and help a little and um and so david and i had a couple of conversations and uh, uh and we went from there and the baby has now reached 80 odd podcasts david and twenty six thousand listens thanks to you and mark getting together in the first place yeah this will be episode 86 i believe so yeah we, we definitely uh, gone gone well so far and uh yeah it's uh it's one of those things we just go right back to the genesis of this podcast i guess first we uh, were yeah like you said we were working together as pastoral care cell we were trying to figure out a way to support all the health and care staff in somerset and there are all these great things that were being written uh, a lot of them by you andrew uh great documents and things that were taking passages from your book about 
about uh, well-being and uh, what people could do to sort of help themselves during this incredibly difficult time for us all, especially during the first uh, early stages of the pandemic. And so we thought, OK, let's try and create an audio version of this, a podcast um, based on the fact that I sort of knew that you might be able to do it quite uh, with the technology we already had uh, and with a fairly low barrier to entry. That All you really need is expertise. And we had that. It was just a question of communicating that. And so, yeah, I got in touch with Mark and it, like I say, Mark, without your generosity and sort of some of your kind words in those early stages, I think we, we wouldn't be here. So 86 episodes later. So thank you so much for that. I'm sure you would have found a way, but I'm glad that I was able to uh, to, to help in some in some way. That was great. Uh, Mark, you've mentioned that you help people in other ways. I I understand you you also do some coaching and you've got a particular interest in creativity and the, the link with mental health and so on. Do you, do you want to tell us a, a bit about that? Because that sounds a fascinating area. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, I, I started. So I've been helping people make podcasts uh, since 2008. So I had this this period where I was running this media hosting um, service, but all the way through since 2008, um, I've been helping make podcasts. Um, and in the those early stages, those early days, I was being paid in beer and now people actually pay me in money, which is nice. Um, and when I started working um, with people on a much more close one-to-one level, um, not just sort of taking an episode and polishing it up, but actually really helping people from the outset make a show that their listeners would really be engaged with. Um, I started having these really interesting conversations with people who wanted to make podcasts, but faced all sorts of different barriers. Um, a lot of those being self-imposed, you know, the, the imposter syndrome uh, being one of them. But there were also people who were telling really impactful stories, more than impactful, really personal, really intimate stories about their lives um, because they knew that they could help other people. And so it it has been a, a, a real privilege to be able to work with people and help them navigate that stuff and, and help them feel supported because it can dredge up a lot of stuff. You know, if you're, I'm, I'm there sort of trying to encourage you to tell your story because it needs to be told and people need to hear it. But that's a, that's a lot of, that dredges up a lot of stuff. You know, you've got to, you're sort of reliving traumas in a sense in order to then to be able to, to put that down into audio form. And that, that takes a toll and that kind of stuff needs to be recognized and honored and, and, and dealt with and, and, you know, with, with help and support and patience. And so those were some of the things that I learned. And then as, as I was working and as I started to understand my own, uh, I've been on a journey over the last few years to understand how my own particular brain works. Um, the idea of rejection and, um, or sensitivity to rejection and what that can do in the creative fields has been something that I've been really focusing on. So trying to understand, um, as someone who is very sensitive to, to that, that feeling and very sensitive to, to feeling judged and, and what, what comes with that, but also wants to make stuff and, and has always wanted to, to share creativity and to, to just put little things out into the world. Um, I wanted to help people who felt, the same things because that's something I've navigated for you know nearly forty years, and so uh, I s- s- started working in, uh, in in ways that I could work individually with people to just be on hand. You know, sometimes it's not about here's your you know on one hand there's here's a strategy to to get a podcast off the ground and make it successful and stuff, but then on the other hand it's 
you're having a down day today and you don't want to look at your numbers to see how many people are, uh, um, are listening to the show because you, you, you feel that as, as you know, if, if you feel that pain, you can feel it physically. Um, or this is supposed to be a day when you're supposed to be pub- publishing, but you just, you don't have it in you today. So how can we help? What can we do? Not so that you get the episode out, but so that you feel um, much better about yourself and charged uh, and recharged so that, when the next time comes around, you're you're ready to go. So that's sort of the area that I've been, uh, the, the sort of twin areas that I've been exploring. And that's really interesting to hear about. Uh, certainly for me, our most powerful episodes have been when we've had guests who've shared those personal difficulties and how they've overcome them. And, and certainly you're right, it does take a toll. We did a recent one on long COVID that I found quite difficult to talk about, dredging those memories. A thought occurs to me though, Mark, Putting things out on social media, you 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 talk about rejection and so on. We know that social media can be quite cruel sometimes, can't it? So it does does that is that how do you navigate your way around that? That's a great question. I think it really it's it's all about the kinds of stuff that you post. And I think um I see a lot of of social media stuff um maybe around people within my family that can be that is, I'll, I'll use I'll use the word, and then we can sort of judge what that word means later. Um, but I, I sort of use the phrase like a cry for help. You know, there there are people who are in pain, and they are using social media as a way to tell other people, right now I'm in pain. You know, they're not using those words, but they are they are expressing that pain, and and that's really that's really tricky. Um, there's also a I think there's a, a an important difference between the types of social media that we might be talking about. So you take something like Facebook, which for the most part is kind of a closed ecosystem. We can say if you know if I'm in pain and I just want a few people to to know, or you know I I just want to say something and say you know what today I'm not okay and it would be nice if I got a hug. You know that's all I want. You can post that within your your friendship group or or you know a, a circle there and be confident that that's not going to move anywhere else because the way Facebook is structured means that can't happen. You take something like Twitter or Instagram, which is public by default, and yes, that that creates a very different thing. Um, and you would hope though it's the same the same kinds of reactions would apply though because you know if you take something like Twitter, which is a public network, if someone's expressing a difficulty. And I've seen this. I've seen people um, actually tag in Twitter support and uh, um, to, to say this person's having a tough time right now. They're not okay. You need to get in touch with them. You need to find out is there anything that can be done, or you need to amplify this message because this you know this person is 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 not doing well today. Um, but obviously there is there is going to be that danger, and I think as long as you understand. I think it's 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 always going to be tricky because you know if if you want to create something if you want to express yourself on social media you do open yourself up to something and I think it's useful to to have a sense of what that something might be whether that might be criticism or judgment and you know that varies very differently depending on how you look um, you know if you are a white heterosexual man versus uh, you know. Uh, a, a woman uh, or a, a person of color, those kinds of rules, you know, are, are very different as well. And so um, there's, there's a lot of nuance to that. And so it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> I don't think there's necessarily one sort of way of navigating it, but just a few things to kind of bear in mind, I think. 
and, and I think that's a good point, Mark, about that. If you're creating a podcast, you are a creator, you are an artist in the same way that a musician or a comedian or, a, a, you know, a painter, you know, is an artist. And when you're an artist and you create art, you're expressing something of yourself and you're then putting that publicly to people to make their own minds up. And when you do that, you are opening yourself up to the, and like you say, so if you're doing that on Twitter or one of these more public platforms, which is open to the whole world, you are opening yourself up to potentially millions of people um, who could express their opinions directly back to you, which is quite an awkward place to be, especially when everybody has their own agendas in life. You know, everybody has their own things that they wish to express. And, you know, some people are just going to be there to troll you. They are going to be there just to upset people and annoy people and get on their nerves. And so you, I think that when you do put anything out into the world that is creative expression of your own self, you do have to try and be prepared for the fact that there are going to be some people who are going to be really mean and horrible about it just because that's what they want. doesn't matter how good the thing is necessarily. There's always going to be someone there. Absolutely. But I think a really important caveat to that is, so uh, a lot of people in, in podcasting talk about the discoverability problem within podcasting, which means that it's, it's quite tricky to find, you know, it, you can create a podcast and you can launch it on the Apple podcasts store, but, that's akin to, um, or the the app, but that's akin to um, creating a new breakfast cereal brand and getting it in the co-op. But it's actually three layers deep in on the shelves. It's not it's not front and center on the shelves. If someone digs for it, they'll find your cereal. Um, and so I think I would I would temper what you said a little bit just because uh, I don't want to put the fear <laughs> the fear of God into people thinking I'm gonna I'm suddenly gonna be thrust into the public eye. Um, because we, at the same time, yes, you are exposed, you know, you sort of, for want of a better phrase, exposing yourself. But on the other side of it, you you tend not to be just discovered and just found. And that's actually a great benefit because what that means is you can hone your craft sort of in secret. You can get better, you can iterate, you can learn the process, learning out loud. As you put out new episodes, you can figure out, okay, Last week, my, my mic sounded a little bit off. So this week, I can do this thing. And then gradually, you start to build up an audience. And at some point, yes, you might reach this this moment. Um, but, you know, a, a couple of quick examples, really. I've I've been lucky enough to sort of go slightly semi-viral in a couple of YouTube videos. Um, and they were very silly videos. And uh, I could have been open up to all sorts of, you know, uh, nonsense. And... Um, yeah, you know, I the the ratio to sort of positive comments to 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 snarky comments or or you know negative comments is pretty was pretty good, but we also have to bear in mind the human negativity bias, right? We we know that you, we can read um, nine hundred positive comments and then we can read one negative comment and that's the one we believe. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> always. Uh, yeah, always. That's, that's a very good point, Mark, as well. They're like you, when you're opening yourself up to the world and you're opening, you're putting your, your an expression of your yourself out there in front of everybody. Well, hopefully there will be a claim. There will also be people that enjoy what you've done yes. and get behind yeah. you and you build a fan base. That's the point of doing it. Absolutely. Well, you know, to create and then to get find like-minded people that like what you do and then become your following uh, as well. So yeah, that's a, a great point. And of course, any comment that anybody makes about anyone else, sometimes if I make a comment about you, it it says as it says as much about me as it does about 
what I'm judging, but we there's a we thought I think we talked a little while ago about the the five agreements from South American wisdom, and number one is say what you mean, me what mean what you say, be impeccable with your word, and number two is take nothing personally. Um, so we we have, we have a bit of a challenge there. But Mark, can I come back to yourself? Um, our listeners can't see. But, uh, and our listeners, of course, thank you everybody who is listening because it's because of Mark and David that's, that the podcast has been created. I can see as we're recording that you've got some instruments in the background. So are you a I am for, as well? for my sins. I, um, I studied, uh, well, I, I started learning the piano when I was five, I think is when I started. No, I think I was seven when I started having lessons. And I had those up until I was about six. 17 or 18 um and so yeah the, the piano is something that, that i enjoy playing um and i've released uh I've sort of had a dabble at releasing some music uh over, over the years and playing around with that tell you what that there's there's a fun way to open yourself up to judgment um but also uh directly behind me are a couple of guitars because i've i started learning the guitar uh, about 35 years too late but hey ho um i wanted to, to make a start and and uh i, I started getting lessons in lockdown which was lovely so i was having skype uh skype guitar lessons uh which got me to a point where i was i was about to face my grade four exams and then i got a little bit too busy but uh yes i'm hoping that i will actually pick these up again uh and probably blow the dust off and retune them <laughs> well there's a great point and i so i come to podcasting i come to this podcast through another podcast that i did with a, f- a friend of my cousin called three men in a podcast long defunct don't go find it we're going to relaunch at some point but we were all musicians and we were had been in bands together and things before and we always sort of had a laugh together and things and we thought let's do a podcast about music we are musicians in a, in an amateurish way they are better than me by the way if they're listening they are amazing i'm the one that lets the side down but i, I do feel like there's some kind of commonality between musicians and people that want to create or are driven to create music and people that are driven to create other types of audio content podcasting being one of those uh, i feel like there are a lot of people that gravitate to both of those uh, different fields and uh, mark i was just wondering that if you have you ever found the process of creating a podcast or the process of writing a song for example that just that process of like sitting down to hone something that that creative thing thinking about the concept uh, how are you going to do it and then bringing that thing through to reality and that the final finished product do you find some benefit to your well-being in that Ooh, yeah well mm, now that's interesting because i can get some positive feelings but that's not necessarily the same as my well-being and i'll explain what i mean i think uh as 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 i'm 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 going to be speaking way out of my comfort zone here and i and i know that i'm speaking to uh three educated people who'll be able to correct me on my terminology here but um one of the things that i'm sort of become more aware of is my own relationship to dopamine and the sort of hunt uh, and uh, the um, sort of seeking and reward cycle uh, that, you know, that I go through. So um, my background before I, um, before I went full time into podcasting was, was a tech background, which is why I was able to build a a hosting platform. Um, And there is a lot of that kind of stuff in, in, in tech. It's, it's problem solving. Um, and there is a great benefit. There's a really good feeling that comes from solving a problem. And the reason 
But I talk about that as not always being healthy is because what that can sometimes lead to is solving problems that don't necessarily need to be solved, um, i.e. procrastination. <laughs> I think, you know, that's, uh, that's you know, in, in, in many ways, that's simple procrastination. But that's more than just knowing that you've got to write a song and then it, instead doing the the washing up. It's it's more knowing I've got to write a song. Um, okay, so I'm going to sit down and write a framework for how a, uh, how a computer can generate a song or how I can um, synthesize a bunch of lyrics from the internet and, and pass them and see what... You know, like, those aren't problems that need to be solved, but they feel very good when you solve them because it, you know, it, it hits that particular, that, that particular brain thing. So the, what I've come to realize with something like podcasting, which I don't really have with, with music, which I think is really beneficial, actually. I mean, this is good is that, you know, if I create a song, um, you know, I put out, so I put out a, a, a three piece, so just a short EP of three songs in 2017. And so that iterative process of, um, I think that the songs were already written, but it was then sort of uh, do the music parts, then do the, you know, do do the vocals, then do the ma- the the production, the mastering, and all that stuff. You sort of get to edit, uh, iterate through that, and three times is enough for me to sort of get the pattern and get a sense of. I'm not saying I've mastered it. I'm not saying I, I understand the whole process, but feeling like okay, cool, right? That's that's that that's me satisfied now. That the sort of novelty. Um, area is kind of satisfied one of the challenges that you can get into with podcasting is that after a while if you keep doing essentially the same thing and if you have a you know particular type of brain chemistry um you might find after a while you really need to switch things up because otherwise it's like oh, I've, i know this right? i've done this I, I make the notes i write the you know I, I record the episode i write the show notes i upload it i promote it with a couple of tweets and a facebook post or whatever and then their cycle repeats and and it's the same. Um, and so that novelty sort of really can can wear off after a while. So I think it's important to find if you if you are susceptible to that, if that's the kind of thing that that you have, it's really important then to find ways to keep things fresh and every now and again just to throw something in that just makes it feel a little bit different and gives you a new challenge. So I thought, yeah. And you've described a fascinating links there between creativity problem solving, um, maybe mental fragility, uh, and uh, needing the dopamine hit. What what do you think those links are? Questions to both of you, David and, and Mark, because you're both both creative people, aren't you? Um yeah, I mean I've 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 just I've just spoken at length. So David, I'd love to I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I know what you mean. Well, like so so for me, so I I've got a creative writing degree and I was writing a, a novel when I was at university and uh, I always I was also writing poetry and I got into writing poetry in quite a big way because I realized it was much easier and quicker to write a poem edit it send it to a journal get it published and then whoa i'm published i get that dopamine (laughs) hit like you're just talking about right when actually if i'd spent all the time i spent muddling around with the poetry nothing wrong with poetry i love poetry but you're never ever gonna i don't know it's not really a career so much nowadays maybe in elizabethan times you could be a poet i think nowadays it's very very difficult to be a poet i know liz talk one of our previous guests would disagree with me there she does a great job of being a poet um but yeah i feel like if i'd spent that time instead of writing those small bitty things putting it into that bigger piece the novel and then getting that finished earlier that might have been more beneficial and i know exactly what you mean about the once you 
once you establish a format and you get into it, that we are 86 episodes old with this podcast now. Right? I think that Andrew and Peter could probably do an episode uh, with one minute's notice and no topic on the table and they could fill half an hour and it'd be interesting and fantastic because, again, they are professionals. And Andrew and Peter, you said this couldn't happen without us. This couldn't happen without you either. You guys are so important to this. Um, Thank you, Dave. Don't give any secrets away because otherwise our listeners <laughs> might think that we're improvising. Of course, we never do that. Well we always do our homework. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's one of those things, isn't it? It's almost like driving, where like it's sometimes like if you've been driving for long enough, you get home one some nights and you think, I don't remember even getting in the car. Like your brain just deletes that part of your life because it's not, it's done it so many times and nothing new happened. It's almost like you're, you're and again, I'm not technical here. We're talking to TikTok here, but it almost feels like your brain's like, ah, that's not important enough to go in one of these memory drawers, just chuck it out. And I think once you do get overly familiar with something and you've repeated it, repeated it, repeated it, it yeah, like you say, the rewards are diminishing, even though the product may be just as good, if not better because you're even better John, at it. John Cleese talks about the same thing. Um, he talked about he doesn't remember. There's there's vast swathes of recording Monty Python's Flying Circus that he doesn't remember because they were all in the studio. But he remembers the location shoots. He remembers going off and when they did the stuff on film because it was it was different. Um, and he's also talked about... He he was he tends to be the one who quits projects a little bit earlier than, than other people, and I think maybe was the one who sort of established this idea of you do two series, you know, UK sitcom kind of oh, yeah, uh, law. You do two series and then you're out because yeah. he didn't want to get to the point where it was where it's sort of a couple of things happened where he was getting bored and he was running out of ideas, um, and so. You know, I I I really into that sort of the creative process, and he's spoken really eloquently about it before, years and years and years ago, being interviewed about Faulty Towers and Python, and those kind of things have really stuck with me. Actually, about the novelty is important because it can be important for the creative process, because you know if, if you if you're out of ideas, then you're out of fuel. <laughs> and I, again, this is not to get because this is basic. Now I'm getting into sort of cod psychology, as it were. But I have a theory, and it's my own personal theory that as you get older, time seems to speed up. And I feel like part of that is related to what we're talking to, in that you because you end up getting into routines where you're doing familiar things all the time that are the same. Your brain just thinks it's not as important to remember those things. So your perception of the time that you're in seems shorter. Uh, Peter and Andrew, is there any? Does that hold any water? <laughs> Well, uh, David, looking at you, and I don't know what your age is, but I'm certain it's less than half mine. You know, you're a real youngster. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, not that you haven't come a long way, but uh, you know. Um, but um, I, I think what you've said is is really interesting. Um, we're all here doing our best, and I do get the point about the uh, Jean Cleese uh, saying two episodes and things. But we're so privileged in this podcast to have such mm. great guests. Yeah. So it's ever fresh um and mark you know thank you so much for coming along today and giving us a completely different angle uh together with david and a, a discussion which i have to confess listeners um i hadn't <laughs> worked out that we were going to talk about this half an hour ago but it Really, really interesting so far. I've learned so much. I think we've got a couple minutes left, and I thought maybe we might be able to use that to learn a little more together as well. So, uh, Mark, we were talking about at the start when we decided to start this podcast. We thought we uh, we could do it with existing equipment because we had laptops, we had headphones, we had internet connections. So, you know, that's kind of the bare minimum stuff you need. But, like, what do you, if you're a person who's just heard of podcasting, maybe this is the first one you've listened to or the first series, and you think, I've got something to say, I've got a voice that I want to get out there in the world, what would your advice be to that person? 
about how they could get started. Okay. So I think a lot of people tend to give the advice of just pick up your phone and 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 hit record or, or hit upload. Um, and I think that's great if what's important is saying something. If what's important to you is being heard and being understood, building trust, which is one of the big things that I talk about a lot, uh, is building um, trust and intimacy with with the people that we want to serve or the people that um, we want to to help or that we just want to spend time with, then a little bit of pre-planning and a little bit of consideration about the the kit that you use. This does not mean spending hundreds of pounds, but it might mean... Um, you know, save, saving up a little bit um, and uh, getting yourself an okay, decent microphone and an okay, decent pair of headphones. Um, and those are things that you can get for. I mean, you can you can get a po- the podcasting industry won't thank me for for telling you this, but you can get a perfectly passable microphone for about fifty quid um, that that will you know give you a really good start. Um, and then a pair of headphones um, for. I won't get into now why headphones are important. Um, but you can get started really, really quickly that way. But I think the the greater benefit is thinking about planning um, and and think about. So I, I can give you a very quick um, uh, sort of not masterclass so much, but one of the 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 things that I help people with right from the beginning before we talk about equipment or anything else is doing something that I call the listener story. So it's a statement about your podcast and about your intent, and it, it goes like this: I make my podcast about my subject matter for such and such an audience so they can benefit. If you can fill in that sentence, you're on a really good path. You're on a really mm. good start to making something that not only fulfills you, but also solves that sort of question of, okay, you've got a podcast, so what? You know, it's it, it, mm. it's it's rather aggressive sounding question, but it, you know, <laughs> that's the that's the implicit question, the tacit question that people are asking. Uh and so that thinking of that statement, I make this show about this topic for this audience so they can benefit. Once you've got that, then that's that's a really, really helpful start. And then there are loads of resources and stuff online for free that will help you um, get started. So yeah. That's brilliant. And yeah, and it, it, like you say, really having that sense of like, what do you bring to the table and what who, who are your audience going to be and what do they need from it? What are they going to get from it? I think that's a great, great uh, way to start thinking about this. And I think I broaden it out that if podcasting is not something that you want to get into, then any creative process, whether it's writing, and all of us have written books, and uh, I think most of us have self-published, haven't we? Uh, your Internet of Things, David, and Andrew, you've done your, your book, and I've done mine. Uh, Mark, I'm sure you have as well. I have. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so, so there are lots of ways of being creative, whether it's uh, through art, through painting, through writing. And just that process of creativity uh, can be very life enriching, can't it? Definitely. No, it really can. And uh, Mark, I was just wondering, how do people find you online? They want to follow what you're doing. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, you can find me at my website, which is origin.fm. Brilliant. Cool. Very good. Thank you. Origin.fm. Thank you very much, Mark. And our aim on the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing uh, podcast is to help our listeners and to serve them by interesting them, by informing them, by perhaps inspiring and certainly, we hope, by entertaining on a whole range of, broad range of topics related to emotional well-being with a Somerset focus as its start. But uh, wherever you are, thank you very much for listening and I hope you've enjoyed this episode very much. 
Thank you very much indeed, David. Thank you very much indeed, Mark. Uh, not just for this episode, but for all you've done for the series so far, and Mark for that tremendous start uh, of 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 getting our getting us going. And thank you very much, Peter, for being such an excellent co-host. Thank you all. Thank you for listening. Cheers. You've been listening to the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing Podcast, hosted by Dr. Andrew Tresider and Dr. Peter Bagshaw. The show was created by David Seeley and was produced by Rob Hunt's Music on behalf of the Somerset Clinical Commissioning Group.